0: It's time to take a look around the NFL with our weekly visit from John McClain from the Houston Chronicle.
1: I need to see a dog make a plate. No puppies. I need a dog to make a plate.
0: Here on Raider Nation Radio 920.
2: And John McClain does join us on the phone lines right now to kick off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. John, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate you. And off top, Uh, I hope that uh, Thanksgiving is going to be pretty good to you and your family, and uh, we appreciate you joining us today
3: my pleasure. Thanksgiving's always good to me when it comes to food, but having to watch these three games,
4: games—right, no
3: teams that are coming off losses, including the Raiders and their losing streak, I can't remember a Thanksgiving in a situation with all teams coming off defeats, and then Chicago and Detroit. Ugh. Give me <laughs> a break. <laughs> well, but I'll watch it. i always watch it. I I'll, like I'll that day on the Texans, but you know, I always watch the Lions. I was, I've covered games on Thanksgiving going back 40 years, and it is a great tradition there. And uh, but man, sometimes I wish when Lamar Hunt was trying to get the games rotated away from Detroit and Dallas, and they said no, so they added the night game. Uh, that was the way they appeased him. But man, it just is not. Uh, I'm going to be looking around to see what basketball's on.
2: (laughs) I heard that. Well, John, let me ask you, since you have been covering the league for so long and covering these Thanksgiving Day games, uh, what is your favorite Thanksgiving Day uh, memory as far as football goes?
3: Q, uh, I'm guessing when the Cowboys and Washington played, back when both of them were uh, good, and injuries forced them to bring in a guy Clint Longley, who threw a couple of long touchdown passes, and became known as the Mad Bomber. And then in 1979, the Oilers went to Texas Stadium. When they were good, they had been an ANC Championship game the year before. Cowboys were really good then under Tom Landry, and the Oilers beat them on Thanksgiving, 30 to 24. And that was about the only time that the Oilers ever made a little dent. And the Cowboys popularity in the state of Texas because that was the Love You Blue era with Bum Phillips, Earl Campbell, Van Pastorini, and that was a fun season and it was a fun afternoon.
2: Talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, talking all things NFL. And earlier today, John, uh, former Cowboy head coach and and Giants offensive coordinator Jason Garrett was fired. Uh, He was relieved of his duties. What did you think of the firing, and is that just kind of the first step in in, in what is going to happen with New York uh, later on in the offseason?
3: Yeah, I don't think Joe Judge is going to get fired after two seasons. I think they're not happy with the progress Daniel Jones is making in his third season. Keep an eye on them trying to make a run at Deshaun Watson in the offseason. If they did make a trade for Watson, if he would agree to go to the Giants, he, he said no, he wouldn't go to Philadelphia. He's got a no trade clause. Said he would only go to Miami, but maybe he's being enticed to go to the Giants, but they're bad. And I think, uh, Joe Judge will get another season. Dave Gettleman, the general manager, he drafted Daniel Jones and shocked everybody when they took him that eye Mm -hmm. uh he can't be happy with his progress and jason garrett was a scapegoat
2: right that's kind of what it felt like and uh speaking of head coaches that could be on the hot seat the rumors are out that uh matt nagy is going to be out in chicago after thanksgiving uh what are your thoughts on that he said that it's not going to happen but he also hasn't been reassured by the coaching staff that it's not going to happen
3: well first of all the guy who reported that is not a sports writer and he used to be in chicago sometimes, and he won a Pulitzer, so he doesn't even cover the team. But obviously, he knows what a good source is. Mm-hmm. And somebody that he trusts told him to put his reputation out there, Matt Nagy better be gone tomorrow because if he's not, that guy's going to look real bad and the media will give him a hard time.
2: Right, no doubt about it. Talking with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle here on Unnecessary Roughness. And how about a team that you cover? They came away with a victory over the Tennessee Titans, and I know that that doesn't do a lot for Houston in their season, but how big of a victory was that just for David Culley himself as the head coach?
3: Well, let me go back to the Bears right quick. Okay. I believe in their history. They've never fired a coach during a regular season, and Matt nagy has been playing Justin uh, Fields, and he's hurt. So going back to Andy Dalton, I don't think this is the time to fire the guy. If you're going to do it, fire him after the season. As far as the Texans, they're 1-8, they go to Nashville, Titans are 8-2. Both teams got a lot of injuries. Texans pulled it out. They forced five turnovers, had no turnovers. Tyrod Taylor didn't throw well, but he ran for two touchdowns. First time Texans have had a touchdown on the road. It's since September 19th, the second game of the season. And David Culley grew up two miles two hours from Nashville, and had family and friends at the stadium, and he played quarterback with Vanderbilt. He was so happy. And I asked him, did you get a game ball? He said, no, nope, we didn't get a game balls. If we were, we were giving one to the team. And so I asked Tyron Taylor, why didn't you guys give David Cully a game ball? Because you gave him one after the first game over victory over Jacksonville. So he said the leadership council would get together and do something about that.
2: Nice. I like that. We're talking with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, talking all things NFL here on Radio Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond has a question for you. Yeah, John, let's keep it in Tennessee for
4: a second. <laughs> like the Titans, you know, it's looking a little shaky now, three losses on the season, and the Colts are red hot. Do you think they can still maintain this lead in the division going forward? DeMond, is seven and
3: 0 against teams that went to the playoffs last year, and as you know, they've lost to the Jets and the Texans, and Ryan Tannehill just played the worst game of his career, four interceptions, and I mean, he was terrible, but you know, not only did they not have Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown suffered a hand injury on the first series, and he was in and out of the game. Marcus Johnson, who replaced Julio Jones, he got hurt and left, so they had a lot of injuries. Now, uh, they did a great job on defense, except on two touchdown runs on scrambles by Tyron Taylor, but uh, maybe Tannehill got it out of his system. They play the Patriots. The rest of their schedule is not tough. They close against the Texans here. That should be a revenge victory. So, Colts are too behind. The Colts have not beaten a winning team until they went to Orchard Park, New York, and just obliterated the Bills. So, I'm a believer now, as long as Jonathan Taylor keeps running the ball well, that the Colts are going to turn it around. But, I don't think they're going to overtake the Titans.
2: John, have you ever seen a season where everything is as tight as it is right now? I mean, really, there's still nobody that's clearly separating and separating in a major way yet, even throughout the course of the league.
3: Well, I think the best team in the AFC is Kansas City, four wins in a row. Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes has not had the consistency that he's always had, but their defense is playing great. And you know Mahomes is going to play great. At some point, we thought he broke out of it last week when he had 400 yards and five touchdowns. The Cowboys' defense played really well, but the Chiefs' defense played great. And if the Chiefs' defense continues to play great, that's good for the time of year. We're going to the crunch time of December and January before the playoffs. And if I look around the NFC, you know, you got Tampa 7 3, Green Bay 8 3, Arizona 9 2, and Dallas 7 3. Arizona has the best record, but they've 2-1 with Cole McCoy. And Kyler Murray is going to be healthy after the bye week. For them to be able to have the best record in the league and lose their quarterback for three games, you talk about a great coaching job, right. not to mention a terrific job by the players. I'd love to see Cliff Kingsbury. Before the season, they were saying it could be his last season. Now, he's the leading
2: candidate because of the year. <laughs> Boy, how quickly things change in the NFL. We're talking with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, all things NFL here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And, John, let's get to this Thanksgiving Day game, the Raiders and the Cowboys. Raiders on a three-game losing streak. They haven't won a game since their bye week. Uh, we know everything that's going on with the team off the field. Do you think this is just a matter of everything is just too much right now for this team, John?
3: No, I don't think that's. Cause and they just teams deal with distractions. They won right after the great right. distractions. So I just think they're not playing well. Darren Carr's not playing nearly as well as he was. And could they bounce back? Sure, they can bounce back. They got talent. They got to run the ball better and more consistently get the ball to Darren Waller. I don't care what you got to do. Get him the ball. Dallas' uh, defense is playing well. Uh, The Cowboys should win this game to go to 8-3, but are the Raiders capable? Yeah, they're capable. All
2: right. Well, uh, it's going to be interesting. It really will. I mean, I know nobody listening uh, on Raider Nation Radio right now is feeling too good about the way that the team's playing. and just seems like things have been, I don't know, piling up, piling up. seems like, at least at the media session, you know when you see a player and they just look like they're mentally fatigued? That's where this team looks like they're at right now, John.
3: That's what losing will do to you. You know, they need a victory. They need one victory to the out of it. I just went with a team that lost eight games in a row. Right. This week they're celebrating like they've made the playoffs because losing gnaws at you. Besides all the negativity outside the building, you know, when you when you have fans, media, social media, and it's it, it just gets to you. Right. But it's not like they're going to lose the rest of the games. And look at that division. Now that division could be won by any team in the division. It's amazing. And, and you know what? The Raiders five and five, and the Chiefs are seven and four. They ain't got a chance, but man, they got to get beyond the losing streak.
2: Yeah, no, they do. Derek Carr said it the other day. They need a win so bad, and so uh, you know, at some point, they just—I feel like—just got to go ahead out there and play desperate. You know, play with their hair on fire and just uh, leave it all out there on the field. Uh, I want to ask
3: i just saw the, the Texans eight-game losing streak, beat the Titans, six-game winning streak, 5-0 against playoff teams from last season. They beat them by nine points. So if the Texans can go to Nashville and win, the Raiders can damn sure go to Dallas and win.
2: That's a great point. It, it really is. And, John, I wanted to ask you about the offseason. And what do you think? And I know that Mark Davis is working on things right now because, I mean, that's just what, you know, owners and GMs and everyone's going to do. How many questions do you think this Raiders team has to answer in the offseason?
3: Well, first of all, you got to decide who's going to be the head coach. Is Mike Mayock going to be the general manager? Is Mike Mayock going to lead the coaching search, which he should? If he's not, then they need to hire the general manager first, and they need to take a long look at that roster and see what happened because they do have some talent. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, you know, once you start losing, It's contagious. But what you need is a big play here or there. You pull it out, and all of a sudden, is relief. So I'm not sure how Davis is going to go about it. You know, when he hired John Green it shocked the NFL. But I'll tell you this. He better let Mike Mayock or another proven personnel guy hire the coach and make the decisions because Mark Davis is an owner. Owners should not be making those decisions without their football people recommending them.
4: Right. Final question for you, John. Oh, wait, go ahead, Damon. Yeah, speaking of um, the Raiders off season, and they are playing the Cowboys this weekend, do you think it may be too soon in this offseason for Kellen Moore to be a head coaching uh, candidate?
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't think it's too soon for anybody to be a head coaching candidate considering what they're doing today with coaches. They take them young, they take them without much experience, they're taking them old, and the bottom line is just about everybody as a head coaching candidate, he better have a good agent. (laughs)
2: <laughs> right absolutely and john before we let you go we we're talking about you know the offseason and mark davis putting everything together and mike Mayock leading the charge we we had a guy on the other day that was talking about he thought that mark davis should bring in somebody that could be a sounding board somebody who's a you know a, a respected football mind thats not has doesn't have any kind of emotional ties to the raiders just to bounce ideas off and just to be another voice in the room that's happened a lot throughout the league it's happened a lot throughout sports in general do you think that that's a good idea as well
3: I think you are a general manager that you believe in. You give him the resources. He hires the coach. You sign off on it. He hires the personnel department. Somebody to be a sounding board, that's why you got a head coach and a general manager and you have personnel directors and all that. You don't need somebody undermining the head coach and the general manager to the owner because when you lose, that's what happens.
2: <laughs> that's a good point. Good stuff, John, as always. What do you got coming out on Texas Sports Nation that fans should be on the lookout for?
3: I'm writing on Thanksgiving about the history of the Lions and the Cowboys being on Thanksgiving. And you know, So many people want those games to be rotated. Okay, they're happy now. Everybody's upset again because they're so bad. And I'm going over kind of a retrospective of games I've seen on there since I've been covering NFL. All
2: right, good stuff as always, John. We definitely appreciate you again. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and thank you so much for your time.
3: Chewing the and happy Thanksgiving to you guys and your
2: listeners. Absolutely. There he goes. John McClain, the great John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. Find him on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. Joins us each and every Tuesday at 3 o'clock. Definitely appreciate his time. And, you know, what, what, did, you, what did you think about what John had to say about even the, the Raiders bouncing back and thinks, hey, man, we just saw, and he brought up a good point. Saw a Houston-Texas team that was not very good and is not very good. Go in there and beat a team in
4: Tennessee that, well, they're, they're flying high right now. As it goes against it goes with the narrative as people say now any given sunday, monday right. or thursday anybody can be beat this cowboys team is only 7 and 3 it's not like they're undefeated or they're world beaters they could easily be 5 and 5 they've sure. had a couple over a couple of overtime wins that could easily be overtime losses I see
2: it. No, I see it. I mean, he put it in good perspective. You know, like, yeah, they can they can dig themselves out of this hole. A lot of text messages that we received, because I did throw the question out there. Can the Raiders dig themselves out of the hole? They're sitting there at 5-5. Five and five. I know Raider Nation is studying this team, watching this team faithfully. I know you have a good finger of the pulse of what this team is like and what you think that you're going to see from this team as early as Thursday against the Cowboys. But Raider Nation, I want to hear from you. Six nine one eight seven. keyword R&R, that's the Ash text line, and also Raider Nation listener line is 702-365-9200. You heard Marcel Reese say, hell yeah, they can get themselves out of this hole. You heard John McClain say, hell yeah, they can get themselves out of this hole. What says you? Can they get themselves out of this hole? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Red Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's why Q, of course, our team kept
3: winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work. And the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain.
2: Welcome back, Welcome back to Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at 3.30, we'll hear from Cassie Soto. Newly engaged Cassie Soto. We had a good time on Saturday at the Rockstar talking about weddings. And the prices of weddings after we had that good conversation on Friday's show. Somebody had to leak it to her that I was talking about it on the show. And so I ended up having to tell tell her what I said. Just say it didn't go over that well with Cassie. But we'll talk to Cassie coming up at 3.30. All things Raiders. We'll also ask her how the venue search is going. I saw her put out a tweet saying, venues are so expensive. Tried to tell you. <laughs> Tried to tell you. She'll join the show at 3.30.
4: Maybe you knew what you were talking about.
2: Hey, Every once in a while, you know, every once in a while I act like I know something. That's coming up at 3.30. But right now, let's hustle out to the Raider Nation listener line, man. i got a lot of great patient listeners uh, that want to get on and speak their mind. 702-365-9200. guy, Fargo Raider. What's on your mind, my man?
5: Hey, what's up? Jamon and Q, my fellas.
2: Hey, hey, chilling, man.
5: That's what's up. I was just going to say, man, it's all right. You got a little salt and pepper in them waves. You just in them fish, man.
2: <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs>
5: <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I think I think they could they can turn it around, man. They got the talent and potential, but Mayock said potential just means you ain't done jack. It's true, you know. So they're gonna have to prove it to us, but I'll take it. And I I, 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 I get the desperation thing, but like they said on Super Troopers, man, desperation is a stinky cologne. Some of those interceptions were desperation throws, so I do want them to play with some with some energy and some desperation, but a little measured. You know, I don't want them to get too too crazy, too wild. And then addressing that call about the picks, man, that's just the Raider thing. We, we've we been messing on first-rounders and wasting them. The, the only one we've signed since DMACC back was Colton Miller. You know, it is what it is. It's, it is what it is. As long as we can get some of those late-rounders that give us these gems like Merrick and Mad Max, We'd be all right, man. You know, we just got to keep trying. That's all you can do. You guys have a happy Thanksgiving. Same to the Raider Nation if I don't get to call back. You guys have a good one. I appreciate you taking my call.
2: Hey, you too, man. Happy Thanksgiving as well to you and your family. We appreciate you. And I'll say, yeah, I mean, the Raiders have done a good job hitting on later round picks. But, man, when you have five first round picks in two seasons, you got you to gotta hit on a couple of those. You know what I mean? Like, first round picks, and I know that they are, it's a crapshoot. It's like being at the casino and hitting triple-double-diamond. Which by the way I did go back and play a little bit of when I was at uh the Oyo yesterday just because I realized, well, pretty quickly why my man remember when I said he he hit and it, all I kept hearing was dink, 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 dink. Remember that's all I said and I was like, man, it was it took forever. And he must have been cashing out. Right. He was playing the penny machine. <laughs> uh. <laughs> So I hit on that damn thing, too. And I'll tell you, I put $2 in and I won $23. <laughs> Yo, but, but it sounded like... Hey, but it sounded like I was rich, boy. I felt like Dave Chappelle. <laughs> I'm looking around to see who's looking at me and everyone's like, oh,
4: he's just on the penny machine. <laughs> it felt good to be a winner, though. <laughs> Yo, that's all the that mail. That winning? That
2: $23 went a long way, man. I took that you thing home. Before? I was like, wife, $23. She said, yeah, okay, how much did you spend? I was like, oh... Thirty, <laughs> so I'm still down seven. I spent thirty dollars, uh, you know, at, at the Oyo having a couple, couple, uh, you know, wings and some fries and a beverage or two. So yeah, <laughs> it was pretty funny. But anyway, good time. Uh, let's go out to the delivery man. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show.
6: Yo, what's up, Q?
2: Chilling, brother, chilling.
6: You know how it is. It's Bay Area business out here. There it is, staying in the Bay. Let's do it. Yeah, so hey man, speaking of what you were just saying, that's like the last time I went to the Dolphins game. I went over to the Tropicana. I was playing the penny machine, put in twenty bucks, and that's it was gone in two times. I was like, "What is it with this? <laughs> this is a <some> bull."
3: <laughs>
6: right. I'm like this. Yeah, I can't win, bro. I, I try. I tried this bet black and red, but it it don't ever work out. But anyways, on your por- uh on Reese and uh, you know uh, McLean saying we got a chance, man. It's a rap, bro. It sucks to say I've been a diehard, you know this yeah. all my life, but it's sad. It's really sad that we came to this point. I mean we had a lot of things with the grooved into the rugs situations, but sucks, man. It's a rap. Like there's there's no coming back from this. The team just lost its swag. It, it, it's really sad,
2: right? And it feels like it. You know, it does. I mean, I, I mentioned it before. It feels like that they've mentally just taken in too much. But you heard John McClain say, "Hey, man, they 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 can still do it." Marcel believes they can still do it. And, and look, we'll see. We'll see on Sunday. They still have a handful of games left guaranteed. So we'll see what happens. But I'm I'm with you. I kind of feel like they're they're mentally checked out.
6: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Maybe uh, if uh, if he's right, maybe I'll give you a. A text message to go uh, throw money on the Raiders, but I doubt they're gonna win. But we are gonna keep the faith. We gonna keep it. We gonna keep the faith. You know what I'm saying, Raider Nation.
2: There you go. Thank you for the call. Everybody's gonna be pumped up on Thursday. I'll tell you that. Everybody be sitting in front of the TV or sitting at the game, whatever. I'll uh, be ready to rock and roll. So uh, thank you so much for that call, both Fargo Raider and Delivery Man. I know we got Eddie in LA, Dave in Dallas, and Mitch in New Jersey. We'll get to you. Promise. Hold on. Hold tight. But we do have Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal. She's coming up next. We'll get to her and then get to you guys. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back back to Unnecessary Roughness, roughness. here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 3.31 is the time here on Unnecessary Roughness, or as our... uh our texter said on the Ash text line right now, at 69187, keyword R&R, unnecessary lack of offense, <laughs> referring to uh, the Raiders and what they're going through right now. But I like that, unnecessary lack of offense. Right now on the phone lines, though, we're pleased to have Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Does a fantastic job there. You can find her on Twitter at underscore Cassie Soto. And Cassie, thanks for your time this day, or today. I do appreciate you. And before we get into some Raider talk, man, I got to know how the – The search is for the venue. I saw you on Twitter talking about expensive venues, and I'm not going to say that your boy tried to warn you, but, I mean, I tried to warn you.
0: Yeah, I had to come on the show today because when I'm not here, y'all just talk mess, so I had to come on and defend (laughs) myself at least. So, man. Um, But anyways, yes, uh, weddings, who would have thought, a little bit expensive. Um, So, yes, the wedding venue that we saw on Friday when I missed the show was beautiful and then you get the prices and then you get the add-on fees and then you see the service fees and it's like man i don't know if i really want to do all this
2: that's funny think
0: think about the uh, so we went on an an alaskan cruise back in 2019 and i'm like man think about how many alaskan cruises we could go on for the price of this and so now i don't know now i don't know you got all of you guys got in my head at the rockstar bar everyone i felt a little attacked everybody came at me. I was like, here I am just trying to, to be a good person and, you know, support support my colleagues here and show up at this event. And everybody's like, don't do it, Cassie. It happened 20 years ago, and I regret it. Don't do it, Cass. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know what's happening now, man.
2: Well, look, like, none of us tried to. And look, I tried yeah, to keep yeah, it from you. That's exactly what happened. No, I tried to keep it from you. It wasn't me that said, hey, Cassie, Q was talking about you on the radio. And until they said that, then I, I was going to keep it to myself.
0: Tell me why you had, like, eight people in a circle all around me just saying, no, Cass, don't do it. No.
2: I was telling them they were sharing their experiences. And like you said, you can go on a million Alaskan cruises for the same price that you're going to spend on this wedding. That's all I said. That's all I said.
0: (sighs) This is lame.
2: Even your mom agreed with me. She said you guys can have the wedding in the backyard.
4: (laughs) She did say that. I remember that part.
0: (laughs) It is a big. It is a really nice backyard. They do have a big backyard.
2: Well, there you go. And I mean, if you need overflow room, I mean, I got a nice little backyard. Got some nice <laughs> fake grass back there. We got a we got a little fire pit and a couple a couple extra chairs. I mean, you know, I got some Tito's and water that we can serve everybody. We're good.
0: Okay, Is there? Are we allowed to take shots? Because apparently. And venues, you can't there's a no shot policy. When did this happen?
4: Oh yeah, you can take shots at my house all day long. We're good. I'll okay, tell you what right. happened. Somebody probably got to a fight at that venue <laughs> and they were like never again right
0: <laughs> It's a mess. It's a mess. It's an expensive mess at
2: that. All right. Well we know you're gonna get it together. We know Losa's gonna get it together. We know the family's gonna get it together. <laughs> I know that it's gonna be a great day. And it wasn't my fault. Again, it wasn't my fault. I tried to keep it to myself and everybody brought it up and told you to go back and listen to the show. So that's oh. what that's what happened, but
0: yeah yeah whatever
2: <laughs> talk, We're talking right now with Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal joins us each and every week except for Friday and now um, <laughs> now she wishes she had have uh, joined us. but I want to talk about the Raiders and I want to ask you your your feelings. I, I've been throwing out the question, do you think this team could climb out of the hole that they're in? They're five and five they're on a three game losing streak and you were there at the presser on on Sunday night following the game and it just to me looked like they were mentally just exhausted. What do you think of this team right now? Where do you think they're at mentally? And do you think they can climb out of this hole?
0: Yeah, no, I think I'm right there with you. I think, I mean, like history repeats itself. And unfortunately for the Raiders, like, I think they're looking like they're going down that same path again. And it is just, it is so weird. Like if there's a way to describe this season, it is just weird. In one word, so weird. And like you say, yeah, like after the press or in the press conferences, I thought it was really strange. And I think you mentioned it on one of your shows or on your podcast, but like um, Denzel Perryman made it a point Mm
3: -hmm. to say
0: that he had dinner reservations on Sunday. So to keep it quick. And like thinking about that in retrospect, it's like, dude, like y'all just lost real bad. Wouldn't you want to be getting together with your team and going over the tape like as soon as possible, especially on such a short week? But now that I think about it, like, could Perryman have been in the thought process? Like, hey, I did my job. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some other guys up in here are the ones that need to be studying. Like, I'm I'm allowed to go have dinner right now, right? And so that was weird. That was really weird.
2: Yeah, and, it, it was. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: And I was just like, just like wrapping that thought up. Like, I think, like, is this the point where the team starts pointing fingers and starts saying? Hey, last year, y'all were blaming the defense. Well, we're stepping up now and we're doing our job. Where's the offense at now? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there's, we all know that there's some egos in these locker rooms. And so, yeah. yeah, so for Perryman to come out and say that, I was like, well, that's That's interesting.
2: Yeah, and that's after Carr said, "Hey, you can go and start studying for Cowboys, or you can go out to the strip, or you can go out to dinner." You know, that was after that, so I put those two and two together. He
4: said late dinners. Late I mean, dinners. It was, he could have got to dinner by like six thirty if y'all would have heard it up. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Right. Well, <laughs> you know, I brought up the finger pointing thing as well. Like that could start, you know, because you're right. Uh, the defense yeah. is playing well. Paramount's playing really well. And he, I mean, that's the first thing he said. Whoa, there's a lot of you guys in here. We got to, I got to get to dinner. I mean, you guys got to, I got dinner reservations. You got to hurry up. So I started to feel that as well. But uh, we'll see how, how it all shakes out. Uh, it just, I don't know, man. It, just, it feels like that this season had a lot of promise early on. Uh, one thing that a lot of people have told me about, well, Q, you said this team was different. Cassie, you're there. You saw as much. Actually, you probably saw more than I saw in training yeah. camp and preseason. Did this or did this not feel like a team that was different than what we've seen the last two seasons?
0: It absolutely did, and I think it all again started like for me with the defense. You've got Gus Bradley in there now. You've got Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby becoming these leaders of these men and Max Crosby again doing it in such a short time and, and uh, Yannick and Gothway as well, a new guy to this team, but they were able to come in and just make an immediate impact again in training camp in the early practices. And it did, it felt different. It felt very lively. It felt very like they were connected as a unit. And now I think obviously we're still seeing that from the defense, but the offense, like, I don't know what is going on there. I don't know obviously you know Derek Carr had mentioned how he's waking up at five six o'clock in the morning in the offseason and training um, with his receivers and he's building this trust and building these bonds but yet we only like how many times did he look for Zay Jones in the game on Sunday and he did again he had that deep ball I believe Jones was out of bounds but he can make those connections and he can find these guys but why do you need to build a whole season of repertoire with them like get to it like you guys do not have a lot of time. Like, I get it. You want to build trust with these guys, but you just got to believe in them that they're professionals and that, that they're going to do their job and that the relationship will build over time. You can't nurture it during the season. Like, you just got to, you know, pick up your heads and go.
2: Yeah, you got to let it rip. I mean, if you brought yeah. in a big time wide receiver before the trade deadline, and, and then all of a sudden, I mean, you're not going to throw it to him. Of course, you're going to throw it to him. So, yeah, that's a that's a good point. And, and and again, sticking with the offense, and we're talking to Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal here on Unnecessary Roughness. Sticking with the offense, it's it needs something. I kind of am referring to it as like a battery that's dead. And, and, and you go out of your car and you hear click 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 click. It needs a jump. How can they get a jump? How can they get that boost to get that engine going again?
0: I mean, let's just rile up everybody and say throw in Marcus Mariota. Like, why not? <laughs> let's just do it. Let's just say it. I mean, you know, and, and Carr says it. It starts and ends with me. Like, he's taking that initiative that's saying, like, hey, because I suck, we all suck, is how he, you know. You know, he said, I'm having an off day, and it obviously affects the entire offense. So try new things. When it's third and nothing, put Mariota in. Like, why not let him? You're obviously not winning without him. So why not try to win with him? And just like you're saying, just somebody else's voice. And, and uh, you know, after after Gruden and they got that first win coming right off of that, was the Giants win, right? No, I'm sorry. No,
2: no, a, they lost the Giants. It was the Broncos. The it was the, the Broncos. Broncos win. Yep.
0: Yeah, they got the Broncos win uh, in Denver, and it, it felt new. It felt like there was just something new that, right, Josh Jacobs said, like, nobody was yelling. Like, it was a different vibe. Like, where, what happened from that time? Well, we know what happened off the field. But right. what happened on the field from that moment where now it is just collapsing for the offense? Obviously, people figured out Greg Olson and Rich Versace, but they have had this time together to to come up with new uh, plays, new different play calling to get this team back on a winning record. And now losing three straight in a row. And I believe when before the Chiefs game, Q, I came on here and said, like, yeah, and as we said then, there's not a lot of must-win games, especially at that point in the season. But I said they needed to win for their mental, like, well-being. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that now. Like, these games are must-wins. Sunday's game was a must-win because they had to snap that losing streak. They had to get back on the winning ways, and, and they're not doing that. And, and again, I, just, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is.
2: No, I hear you. I hear you. It's frustrating. I mean, it's, it's one of those you're trying to find the answer you're trying to say and, and point your finger right at, at the problem so you can correct it, and it seems like you just can't find it. You know, yeah. I mean, it just it's 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 strange. So before we let you go, I wanted to ask you about Thursday. I mean, they got a quick turnaround. They're playing the Cowboys on the road. Cowboys coming off a loss. They're a little bit banged up. Cooper's not going to be playing. CeeDee Lamb might not be playing. This would be the game that all of a sudden the Raiders just jump up and win it, and it's like, oh, yeah, hey, everything's fixed. What do you think's going on this game on <laughs> Thursday? How, how do you think this is going to shake out?
0: I mean, yeah, like you're, uh, they have uh, the, the plate laid out in front of them, right? They've got it. They've, the Cowboys are missing uh, their big key players. The Raiders, again, coming off of a pretty bad win when you would think that they're going to come in hungry, Right. It's Thanksgiving. No pun intended. They're going to come in so hungry for a win. But I think they have to bounce. This has to be a bounce back game for them. You cannot go four losses in a row. It can't happen because at that point in the season, I think I heard a fan right before I joined saying that the season's over. At that point, I think the fans have a valid experience valid
2: reason to say that the season is over if they drop four in a row right no yeah if they drop four in a row man look out i mean the sky will be falling i'm gonna be running and trying to hide underneath covers. so uh everything's gonna be uh it's gonna be a bloodbath and it's very uh it's very possible that it could happen cassie before we let you go demond wanted to ask you a question
4: yeah, just because yeah. you guys were just talking about if they do lose four in a row, Cassie, at what point do you think it might, it could be Mariota time to be the full-time starter? Or do you think that point ever comes in the season, no matter how bad it gets, just let Carr ride it out?
0: I don't think he'll, I don't, as long as Carr is there, I don't think he'll ever be the full-time starter. I think you just, they're saying they've got all these packages for him and that they have the opportunity for him to get on the field. Like, let's see some of those packages, right? Let's see what he can do, at least test him out a little bit. You're paying him all this money for what? To warm the bench? Like right. just put him in there a couple of times. Let's see. Will we take over? I don't think so. But like I said, you're not winning with without him. Like let's see what happens with him.
2: No, you are you're right about that. You know what's what's funny is and I, I know that you look around while you're in the press box, you kinda of scan the field, scan the sidelines. There was multiple times in the third quarter, Marcus Mariota was standing there with his helmet on and looked like he was about to come in for something, and they never got him into the to the game, but then you hear uh, Greg Olson yesterday talked about we got all these packages for him, packages for him. We're going to use them at some point in the season, maybe a little bit later in the season. Like, what are you waiting on?
0: Exactly. Like, there's no time. There's no more time to wait. You guys, it's five and five. You started the season three and zero. Oh. Granted, those were some crazy wins that they were able to get under the belt. But at this, point, like, there's no more time. Time is ticking, and you got to get it going for sure.
2: Right. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Well, uh, Cassie, uh, what do you have coming out on the Review Journal that uh, folks should be on the lookout for?
0: Yeah, at 7.30 tonight, actually, we're premiering our Vegas Nation Blitz episode. It's usually on Wednesdays, but because we've got a short week, it's coming out today, 7.30, and then tomorrow we've got our Vegas Nation game day also at 7.30. So just head on over to VegasNation.com and you can check all that stuff out there.
2: Are you making the trip to Dallas, too, or no?
0: No, I'm here. I'll be
2: here at home. Okay, all right. Well, you'll be looking yeah. at those wedding venues. You do what you do, man. Make it happen. You know,
0: make I'm gonna just eat some. I'm gonna eat some mac and cheese and call it a day. <laughs> like I'm done. I'm over it.
2: <laughs> Cassie, it's all love all the time. We appreciate you. Thanks, guys. All right, there she goes, Cassie Soto. I wasn't wrong. I just wasn't trying to tell her that. Like I really, honestly, and I said it on Friday. Like you know, I almost told her when she said she couldn't join the show because of the venue. I said, I almost told her then, but I was like, no, nah, I'm going to respect that. Let her do it. I mean, she waited 10 years to get engaged. She should, you know, enjoy, enjoy the, the lead up. But mm. there's just a lot to be said about the money that you spent, even the wife. And the wife's the one who designed, you know, designed everything. We had to have all the bells and whistles and all the whistles and bells. She was to be the first one to tell you. And she told Cassie, you were there. She told Cassie on, on Sunday <laughs> or Saturday. Yeah, I wish
4: we hadn't spent all that money.
2: My wife's cheap. <laughs> she don't like to spend no money at all. I didn't
4: know everybody at Rockstar, though, was coming up to her and giving their horror tales of I mean, don't do
2: it. They, it wasn't the horror tales, but it was, you know, like Dr. Jen was like, yeah, we really didn't need a fancy wedding. Dr. Andy wanted a fancy wedding. Dr. Andy's uh, mom wanted a fancy wedding. So sometimes you got to do it. You just got to do it to appease the family. But we all know in our heart, and Cassie will say the same thing once it's all said and done, and she's sitting back at the house 10 years later after, and she'll be like, like she used to heard her say, we could go on these uh, Alaskan cruises. How many Alaskan cruises can we go on for all this money? That's what us responsible people start to think about. Just saying. Just throwing that out there. Damon's like, I ain't worried about nothing. No, no, no. I'm just going to oh. the gym,
4: we're gonna hit some weights. Before um, before like you know, before we get Cassie on air, you know, me and her, we were chit chatting a little on the phone, and she's like, "Oh, you know, just stretched out from all this like wedding planning." And I was like, "Happy being single." <laughs> right? she's like, "How are you?" And I'm like, "Happy being single." <laughs> she's like, "Stay that way, man." <laughs> See,
2: there, I'm, hey, look, look, she's
4: passing advice on to you now. So now you're gonna
2: have an opportunity. You're gonna get into a relationship and be like, "Well, you know, Cassie told me before I should just stay single." So this has been fun. This has been real. But I gotta go. <laughs> 3.46 is the time. Come back. We'll close out the show. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back, Welcome back to Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. Here on
0: Raider Nation Radio 920.
2: Well, I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today.
0: Here's your boy
2: Q. 3.49 is the time. We're at that point of the show where we need two first downs to finish off strong. We get two first downs. Boom. We win. That's what we're going to do right now. 7.02-365-9200. Let's start things off. Eddie in L.A. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show, my man.
5: Yo, what's going on? Q to all the fans over there. That the sky's falling. It's over. It ain't over till it's over. We got a chance, brother. We're playing a team that's beatable. We just got done playing a team that was beatable. We didn't get beat because we didn't have good players. Or n- we got beat because uh, we beat ourselves. Turn, uh, you know, penalties mm-hmm. and not being able to use the packages in our offense. All right, Olson needs to st- step out the way if he's going to be ca- uh, calling scared plays. Dude's got to move out the way. And Prasasha, can somebody show him how to use the red flag and use some timeouts here, please, man? This dude's got to get his hand out of rear end and start playing. We'll be all right. Stop with the Mariota and bring him in on packages. But if he was a starter, he would have been a starter. That's why he ain't. Now tell me if I'm wrong. Raiders all day, baby. Raiders.
2: Nice. Hey, Fast and Furious right there. That's a first down. <laughs> Eddie in Dallas got us our first first down. Now we need one more. Or Eddie in L.A. Excuse me, got us our our first first down. Now, uh, now now we just need one more. But that calling them Eddie in Dallas, they just got us a false start. Alex Underwood <laughs> just got a false start. We just five yards back. My bad. So it's first and fifteen. Dave in Dallas, what's on your mind, my man?
1: Well, uh, I'm going to answer his question for him right at the end. First off, I just wanted to say that coaches don't win games in professional sports. Players do. You've got to have players to win in professional sports. So, in saying that, when Gruden was here, it was never his fault. The media never blamed him except the people that work for ESPN say his stats all the time, everything about him. So he was one for nine when he won his first challenge, and then I don't think he won another one after that, okay? Every game-winning drive or potential game-winning drive that we had or were in position to be in, he never had three timeouts. Look it up, never. Always ended, and a lot of times that third timeout, would have saved the game, but we had to run and go hurry up because we were lacking one at the end of the game. Now, when he was also here, his third down percentage was atrocious. His red zone percentage was atrocious. The only statistic that his offense was good at was passing, and that was the quarterback. The plays were 1940 plays. They, this is the same offense, same everything. It's, this is why we're faltering. Again, it's 1940 offense in an air raid error. You've got to throw the ball. You've got to spread it out. Okay, now, Mariota, the reason all, everyone who says Mariota this, Mariota that makes me think they don't know anything or watch anything about football, whenever he started for the Titans, he was the worst third-down quarterback, and the worst quarterback in the red zone. Look it up. Every year, I think he had one year where he was in the top ten in the red zone, and that was like his second year, and he ran it every single time. The dude fumbles and throws interceptions. He's not a good decision maker. That's why he's not a good quarterback. Okay, now, my friend asked Josh DeBow earlier. I messaged him and told him. Ask him how many times that since Gruden came back did we rush for over 100 yards. Oh, I saw
2: that. I saw that earlier. Yep, yeah, that.
1: Yeah. it was 30 times in 58 games. Okay, now off the top of my head, I'm going to say 10 of those games were garbage time stats where we ran out the clock the whole second half. Okay, so not even half the time we went over 100 yards. So we never established the run whenever he was there. So I don't understand where all this is blame is coming at the quarterback. Who, are you, who is he supposed to get the ball to? He's got no running backs. He's got no line. And, him, and if you were to ask him and he were to be honest, I would love to know, would he rather have Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree, and Jared Cook and Latavius Murray than every so-called weapon that y'all say that he has? And that includes Henry Ruggs and Deshaun Jackson at the same time.
2: All right. Good good call. I, I had to uh, cut you off because I only got a, a couple more minutes left in today's show. Um, there's a lot to unpack right there. I'll say that, you know, the Raiders obviously were running the ball. I mean, you, we can go through stats and we can go through numbers and we can say what was garbage time and what wasn't. The Raiders were running the ball a lot better than they are now. I mean, let, let's just cut, the, cut to the chase. They're not running the ball very well at all this season. Josh Jacobs hasn't gone over a bill yet this year. You know what I mean? So uh, I get what you're saying. Uh, I, he does have weapons around him. Yes, Henry Ruggs is not there. He was a huge factor with his speed and with his way he could open up things. But don't tell me that Waller's not a weapon. Don't tell me that Renfro can't be a weapon. Don't tell me Zay Jones, who's been talked up so much, can't be, including by myself, is not a weapon. I mean, you know I mean? There's, there's, there's weapons there. Kenyon Drake, who was signed, he's a, they're a weapon. Offensive line, it's suspect. You know, it's, 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 it's it comes and goes. I mean, you know. Honestly, the offensive play calling has been bad. And the execution has been bad. There's also times, and if you saw Monday Night Football, and I hate to use that example because Tom Brady's, you know, Tom Brady. <laughs> so, but there's times when you've got to make a play. Just like he did, and I'm not, and I'm not pointing the finger at Derek Carr because this, this is a team game. But when he didn't get the ball down the field and get into the end zone, what did he do? He took three plays and went 75 yards. Boom, boom, boom. Touchdown. I want to see that sense of urgency in the second quarter, not the fourth quarter. That's me. Boom, boom, boom. It was easy to get into the end zone. That's what I want to see. Instead of, oh, let's try to hand this ball off. Or, let's change it into a run play on third and seven. Or let's do, you know. And I'm not saying that's on him. That goes back to play calling. So there's a lot that you had to say there that made a lot of sense and was right. But there's also some that you gotta admit that there's weapons there. This team could be winning games with what they have. Hell, look what Washington, the football team, who will be coming to the leading stadium soon. Look what they're doing. They're not winning a whole lot of games, but their quarterback believes that he can win, and he's trying to help them find ways to win. He's getting it done. I, I, I hate to keep saying, that. oh, that he doesn't have enough weapons. He doesn't have this. He doesn't have that. Come on. I mean, man. At some point, you've got to turn lemons into lemonade, and they don't have lemons. They have players. They got players. We got time for one more car. We got to, we got to cut it down. <laughs> All right, Mitch in New Jersey is going to close us out. We need that first down. What's up, Mitch? Q, how you doing? Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. You too, my man. I'll
5: give you the good news first. I'm going to be a grandfather in the end of July. First yeah. yeah good news.
2: Congratulations. Uh,
5: but, thank you. Now, with the script with the AFC especially, I think they probably will win. It's, it's unpredictable. I think we have a better defense. But this draft, I mean, it's like they, they go into the draft and they get good plays. And then they're playing uh, blackjack twenty one, and they have eighteen, and they want to roll the dice. That's what that's the that's what the trade with um, Amari Cooper and especially Mac. Yes, how many good? You hold on. They're, like you said, their draft choices of late been pretty bad, and I think uh, Farrell and uh, Brain would be playing for the for their uh, jobs. Hopefully, we win. have a a nice holiday.
2: Thank you, my man. You too, you and your family. Congratulations on being a grandfather. Man, that's awesome. Uh, Definitely appreciate that. Appreciate everyone who chimed in on the show today. Real quick, on the text line, Moreau was a weapon. Uh, Mailman Raider Max said, yo, this guy just got us a turnover, LOL, and then Zay is not a weapon. And Zay has not been a weapon. You're right about that. Everyone talked him up, including myself, that Zay was a weapon, but he hasn't been a weapon, unfortunately. But You know, at this point, it is what it is. Vinny Bonsignor, Lincoln Kennedy are coming up next. They're going to keep the party rolling four to six. It's in the huddle. We'll be back tomorrow to close out the week strong. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. I'll holler.